Time for Talk of the Town with Lisa Kay. Time for Talk of the Town here on KTOE. My name's Lisa Kay in the studio with me, my master gardener friends. We've got Joyce Wilcox and Kim Nielsen back once again. Oh, I was so excited for you to come in today and talk uh, a little bit about what I did yesterday out at the farm. So I got to turn your microphones on. That would work. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for coming in. Um, It'll be afternoon when you're listening to this. But yesterday I was out in the field with Terry from Valley Veggies and Flowers and we were doing all of the picking of, and I shouldn't say all because I think there's still two whole rows left, (laughs) of the delicata squash. It was a beautiful day. Yeah. There wasn't a cloud in sight. It was cool. And the coolness of the air. The fall was in the air for it, sure. What a perfect time to pick squash, right? So we're out yeah. there in the fields and, and Terry's kind of mowing down some stuff on the tractor <laughs> and I'm kind of following along with these big buckets. And so I've got a big <gasps> bag. Oh, thank you, you, Lisa. And I told Terry, thank I said, you, I'm going to bring these to the Master Gardeners because I know that you'll appreciate this. Um, this some, is awesome. Yeah, the delicata squash, which is, I've never had this until... Valley veggies and flowers. Can you believe it? Can oh. we wrestle a paper? Yeah, yeah please do. I've had it's 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 sweeter than other squash that I've had. Yeah, and it's it's really it's wonderful. It's just wonderful. They're really cool looking too. Yeah, and plus they look a little unusual, a little like a little stripey compared to other. Right. And uh, and the other thing I've noticed Very or found cool. is that seed for this is not readily available in your garden centers when you're looking to buy squash seed so it's kind of what i did last time when we grew some i saved some seed Mm -hmm. and then of course i promptly forgot what i did with it (laughs) (laughs) well aren't you lucky that we have an abundance of it at valley veggies and flowers so it's being picked right now and we picked so much of it. There's that, an abundance. Yeah, there's a lot. And the, the bees are crazy around oh, it. So yeah, if you make yeah. a trip out to the farm and and you notice all the bees right next to it, there's a reason. Because like you said, Joyce, it's so sweet. Sweet. It's sweeter yeah. than normal squash. And you can bake it and eat the skin, too. You can eat the skin off of this one. Oh, no, I haven't done that. You I can. Mm-hmm. I have, but I I roasted it and then, you know. Taking the taking meat the, out? Taking the meat out and... Save the seeds. Like these I said, are but, super popular too. Yeah, they are. Yeah, it, not, that's kind of a up and I don't know. It's they've been around forever, but people have it's coming recently, back like a resurgence. Yeah, people have recently rediscovered it. I think is what happened. Two for five bucks because we have that many of them. Okay, the so if you right couldn't find your seeds this spring, go out there and <laughs> yeah. get and just buy get them. these, and yeah. then and you can enjoy it and. Renew yeah, your love for them. Right. Really easy to bake. Um, and I you. think she's going to run that sale through the weekend. So two for five bucks if you're looking for. This is not a commercial for her, but oh, it is. But also, <laughs> I've seen the I pictures want, out there yeah. and I've been out there. It's beautiful out mm-hmm. there. I went out there and I was like, oh, what is this plant? I've never grown it before. And I thought it was a flower on the back 40 she was hiding. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's okra. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> see, this is why as a master gardener. You learn things all the I time. I learn things too. Like I'm naive about certain aspects of the garden itself and veggies. I'm more of a flower person. So that was really, the flowers on it are really pretty. So the, the okra plant is related to the hibiscus. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why their flowers kind of look a little similar. Yeah. Well, you know, what I, like I would it. say about okra is I've I've thought, and I haven't done it, but I'm thinking, I should just try to grow some because there are various recipes, you know, more southern recipes that you use okra for. And even it's not something I grew up with, but I'm thinking I'm trying to branch out, you know. Me too, Joyce. um, Me too. She sparked my interest. Um, It's just kind of interesting to see what you can can grow. This year we we have Mm -hmm. some, um, uh, all of a sudden my mind is blank. 
we oh Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Brussels sprouts. Okay. We grew Brussels yeah. sprouts, yeah. and we my mother grew those years and years and years ago, and I kind of forgot all about them, and we replanted them this year, and it looks like we're going to get a pretty good crop. The thing about like Brussels sprouts, for example, and I think okra also, real long season crop. Mm-hmm. So you have mm-hmm. to have start it early. Got to start it really early, or really hope that it doesn't freeze. And yeah. I think in some area, you know, I heard yesterday that. Like in Wasika, it was like thirty six or something. Oh yeah, yeah we just had some cold, cold weather. Yeah, we're getting we're and you know it's mid September. Our mm-hmm. first frost date could be any time now, but I don't think it's mm-hmm. going to be based on what the long range forecast looks like. Terry so. was worried about that at the farm. I think she said it got down to thirty seven because yeah. they're in a valley. Yeah, yeah. So when it gets um, cool, it gets cool there first. Mm-hmm. Well, Definitely. the other other thing that's going on right now, and and I you know I've been carrying on for the whole season mm-hmm. about how we had gotten hail early in the season and our tomatoes. Our tomatoes now are just absolutely crazy. Yeah, mine too. But the problem is tomatoes don't like these 40-degree nights. No. They want, and so they're they ripening. They could be done in a minute, too. They're ripening, they? um, but they're it's slow because they have to recover from that overnight coolness, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then they get to get going again. But And, of course, you know, obviously we're still desperate for rain. Right. But, can we cover you know, the tomatoes, Joyce? Can we can we put like a, not a shade cloth, but some sort, some sort of cover over them to kind of keep the frost and the coolness as long off as and the heat you, in? You can, as long as it's cloth. Uh, sometimes people make the mistake of, oh, I've got this, like big, a tarp. Piece of, this big tarp or this big piece of plastic. Mm, don't plastic that. No, right? do not put plastic. Mm-hmm. The plastic will freeze right on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, that'll, you'll, cool them down you'll freeze them for sure. And I no. know that with some tomatoes, I mean, we, we prefer to have them ripen on the vine, but if you don't get that way, they're towards the end of a season. We've yeah. picked all of our green yeah, ones. Yeah, to save them. Yeah, and they and they ripen on the counter in paper bags. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I do that at the end of the season, yeah. but, but it's so much... Obviously, so much better to pick them when they're just red and juicy and, right. and wonderful. Mm-hmm. I think, and it's certainly just my opinion, I think when you pick them when they're not 100% ripe, the flavor is a little compromised, not, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's I've so much that. better than a, than a, a, you know. It's still better than a store-bought yeah, tomato. Because, <laughs> yeah. You know, because you have to keep in mind, depending on where those tomatoes are coming from, they yeah. probably were picked green because how would they transport ripe, red ripe tomatoes without True. smashing everything up? Mm-hmm. So um, interesting thought. So it's it's I I just am a real fan of the fresh tomatoes. You know, in terms of pick them and go home and and put them in the jar kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I know that uh, as we talk about vegetable gardens, we're gonna we're gonna come back around to squash of some sort, but we should yeah. probably talk about some of the things that we are seeing now to decorate for fall these this is the time of year when all the garden mums yeah start to come out and i know we often talk about like minnesota hardy mums versus those big baskets of mums you can so, find at the big box stores and what what do we need to know there's some really cool history there too the the um the u of m has actually one of the oldest um public sector breeding programs okay for uh, minnesota hardy mums and they've been doing it since the 70s, I want to say. And they actually discovered, I don't want to say discovered, uh, but I think that would be the appropriate word, the mammoth seeds. They hybridized. The ma- yeah. They, hybridized. they oh, discovered okay. out in one of their breeding crops that they had these giant seeds out there. And that's where the mammoth was born, the mammoth mum. Oh, okay. The Pretty cool. Of, the thing about the mums, you know, you see all these big, beautiful bouquets and and Mm -hmm. pots and all the like you say the big box stores and even some of the garden centers it's important for people to know what they're buying 
Yeah. Those great big pots that are kind of just coming into bloom now. And they're gorgeous, and you think, I'm going to bring so this pretty. home, it's going to be beautiful, and then and I bring it home, and it dies. Well, the problem is <laughs> th- those are really those are really <laughs> annuals, and they need... Yeah. They need to be in a sunny location, but hot sun will dry them right up, and you will just have spent $25 mm-hmm. for about a three-day display of flowers. It's like buying cut flowers, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you want if you want to have your own, you know, Minnesota hardy mumps, mm-hmm. generally those need to be purchased in the spring okay. mm-hmm. and planted in the spring to get a good, good hardy root system. Mm-hmm. But part of the problem with that is a lot of, greenhouses don't really sell mums in the spring mm-hmm. they they're they're focused more on their these are, you know, they're called floral mums the kind that you're just looking picking for the blooms um so it's it's a little bit tricky but the time to think about starting mums is really in the spring now i in some garden centers now you can buy hardy mums but you better go out today and get them in the ground yet this afternoon and yeah. then water them like crazy and hope for warm weather because they have to develop Mulch them in they have to develop a really good root system or they simply won't make it. Plus, my experience, my personal experience is mums have to be mulched over the winter. You can't yeah. just expect, oh, they'll catch a little snow and wrong. No, it, it, it's not going to happen. Cause do you cut them down and mulch them or do you just I've done mulch both. around? I, I've done usually, both. I just leave them. I, do, I okay. just put like as many leaves as I can kind of pack around them and maybe put a little chicken wire over the top to hold the leaves in place till they freeze in. Mm-hmm. But what'll happen with mums is that they will they're real susceptible to that freeze thaw yeah. that we get so often in February mm-hmm. and March and and if if we're lucky if we get gets that warm but but anyway mm-hmm. uh, and they'll start to come up if you, in fact if you look under the leaves this I've done this and it's just so it's so strange in the winter time you can look under the leaves if you've got a mulch really good and there's little green leaves under there oh, they stay green almost the like whole, an evergreen yeah, yeah it's really kind of interesting um but you don't want to disturb them that early. You want to keep them covered. But every now yeah. and then, I can't, I can't, t- can't take it. I just have to look. <laughs> got to peek. Got to peek. Got to see what's going on under there. They're, they, I've had some mums now for for a number of years. But last year, I lost quite a few perennial mums because I don't think I mulched them good enough, and it was such a, yeah. oh, it was okay. such a crazy winter. I mean, so uh, I had. Uh, and some of our listeners too will probably agree that, like Joyce was saying, the ones that are out in the big box stores right now that look so pretty that are getting, you know, like um, they're already blooming yeah. the annual mums. I've had some of those come back because oh, lucky I haven't, I have a microclimate. Okay. Okay. So now last year that one died off. It did not come back this spring. Mm. It's gone. It's done. But um, my hardy mums, I just want to touch base on what Joyce was saying. I have never, looked out for them in the spring but always seen the minnesota hardy mums in the fall and okay. i've planted them okay yeah. and i've been successful but i also do mulch them in and i did find that leaving mine up and mulching in they did better than when i cut them back okay so maybe, maybe you just cut back the dead stuff in the yeah. spring yeah then? well then in the yeah. spring the other thing you need to be careful in the spring with the mums is well so you got this dead stem and you've got the green greenery mm-hmm. coming up out of the ground and well, I'm going to pull off these dead stems. Wrong. Greenery, <laughs> the greenery is, is uh, connected right onto them. So yeah. you want to have a clipper and clip it. Clip the dead stems. Leave the roots in place. Don't okay. yep. don't disturb them. And as Kim was saying, I have I didn't I didn't do it, but my sister in law we had some mums that were just purchased for a gathering, and they were beautiful. And so she just popped them in the ground. And the next year, they it was on this 
on the east side of their house, real sunny mm-hmm. location and out in the country. And the next spring I said, what, what, is, what, that? what, what is that? <laughs> well, those are those numbs. I said, those weren't supposed to come up, but but they will if you have a situation like yep. next to the house where there's plenty warm and they were mm-hmm. protected. And, you know, so it, it huh. can happen, but it's, it's quite, it's kind of like, like cosmos or marigolds reseeding right. themselves. It's similar to that. That's yeah. kind of what has happened there. Our yeah. Master Gardeners joining us today on Talk of the Town, Joyce Wilcox and Kim Nielsen. And we're talking about all things growing. I know I was, well, when I was at the farm yesterday, we got the polar bear pumpkins in, which are the gigantic Yay. white yeah. ones. Mm-hmm. They're so cute. Hubbard squash, all the things that are coming in. But pumpkins, 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 whether you're looking at pie pumpkins or just decorating pumpkins, um, how do we use them? How do we store them? Do we buy them now for our kids if we're decorating or do we wait? I'm not what's... sure what the life expectancy is on them once you pick them, how long they last. Usually it's a couple weeks, but they yeah. start to get kind of shoddy after, I don't know, they start to look a little wilty and dry. It doesn't take very long for them to start doing that. And it's kind of early. Well, I think I However, saw they're out there, some so. of the mm-hmm. places that have pumpkins for sale, they've been for sale since the 1st of September. Mm. Yeah, I My own experience is it's way too early to be buying pumpkins. They'll never make it till Halloween. Okay, And especially with yeah. that crazy hot weather we had, they will just shrivel up and that's the end of it. You know, um, they need to be stored in a cool, dry place. And when it's almost 100 degrees outside, like right. good luck, you know. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of depends. I'm actually surprised because of our lack of moisture that the pumpkins look as good as they, they yeah, do. Yeah, they do look pretty but, good. But, a lot, yeah. you know, it depends on whether or not you're buying pumpkins for decorations or if you're buying them for eating. If you're buying pumpkins for eating, like the seeds and that kind of thing. Seeds, by the way, are really healthful. There's mm-hmm. a lot of health yeah. benefits. But you don't want to buy this great big cow pumpkin that's so big <laughs> that you can't. That is not. That's Roll not, it in your front door. That's really not the Aww. kind of seeds you're looking for. You're looking for the sweet pie pumpkins. Okay, They're way yeah. smaller. Um, and you roast them just like you would a squash. Yeah. You know, when you clean out the seeds, then there's all kinds of recipes out there. And you can make them to be a, a, a fair, fairly healthful snack. And if you buy them from the store, then they call them pepitos, I think pepitos, it is. Pepitos, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's all such that, a cute name. That's just roasted pumpkin seeds yeah. is all that is. So um, it's important to know what kind you're buying. What do we do with all of the tomatoes? I know what I'm doing with tomatoes. Somebody Mm -hmm. somebody asked me the other day, do you have any extra tomatoes? I said, are you talking like three or do you need a three bushel or what do you need? (laughs) The answer is yes, but what do you need? Right. um, I've got a lot of tomatoes, but we've been processing them all season. As they come in, we process and then we do it again. And so... Uh, Freezing. Freezing. That would be because I can be kind of a scatterbrain. A lot of the time and my time is spread out through here and there and it Mm -hmm. takes a lot to commit to doing canning and that can be a time-consuming project and so if you're at that point where you're garden burnout or there's just so much of it that you don't have enough time to do that Mm -hmm. that sorry that you can um freeze them and come back to it later okay you know so then they're in the freezer i know some people that just um, smash them mm-hmm. and then just put them in a freezer bag and then leave them until they can get to them. Yeah, there's and nothing like making fresh sauce yeah. in the middle of winter. Too yeah. 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 I do. I mostly can yep. as I have get them out of the garden. I, I don't have enough freezer space for <laughs> what, what Kim was talking about, but, but it can be an all day job. I've right. got a recipe yeah. for, for a delicious pasta sauce. 
mm. that um, takes the recipe opening 25 pounds of tomatoes is what you start with. <laughs> so, you know, oh, yeah. but it's a, it's a wonderful recipe, but it's an all day project, you know. Because so, it cooks right. down, right? It has to cook, cook yeah. down. It has to cook for two or three hours and then you then you process it. And that's another 45 minutes in the in the cooker. Mm-hmm. But that I, I mostly put them in a jar. But, you know, up until now, recently, with pandemic and stuff, you couldn't find canning lids. Right. And they were simply yeah. not available. And now we're good. And, and, or they had some really cheap off brands that were out there and they don't seal, they don't seal. So I mostly put them in the jar, but you have, you have to make a commitment if you're going to be canning, it's pretty much an all day job. And canning safety is important. I got a a scar to show you. Yes. Canning safety is important (laughs) and always check your lids. Don't reuse them. That's what they recommend. You know, right. That, well, that's a bit more than a recommendation. That's pretty, can be deadly if you try to reuse lids, if they don't seal, you could be. You know, you, you could be endangering your your health and health of anybody else that um, was going to use right. them. And if you're not sure how to do it, there are there's there's a lot of online oh. information, and then oh, there's yeah. a lot of folks uh, locally yeah. that I know. Sometimes you talk about food preservation. Yeah, uh, with going the to the Gardeners. U of M. All of these things coming up with discussions with master gardeners. I know I have people listening that are saying, um, you know, how do you become a master gardener? How do they get to be what they are? And do they know everything about everything? I said, no, some specialize no. in this, some specialize in that. And that's the beauty of having all of those together, all of the master mm-hmm. gardeners together. Um, but if somebody's interested in becoming a master gardener, we haven't talked about this for a while. It's time. What do we do? It's time. Yeah. Jump on it. Don't wait until you're like, oh, I'm going to do that when I retire. If you have a love for gardening and you like to volunteer, that's what our basis of our program is to educate the community about all things gardening. Um, there's such a, a demand for that now, and knowledge is power. And I feel like, like I was just talking about the okra, you know, I'm always learning. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be a lifelong learner. I know Joyce has said that too. She even volunteers at things that are called lifelong learners. So yeah, great this program. Is, this is something that you know, if you love to learn, if you love to help, you know, volunteer through the community, this is the greatest program for you. Plus you get your hands in the dirt, mm-hmm. right? And you get to have gardener friends and there's nothing better than being a part of a gardening <laughs> group. Um, but I know, can you believe I'm getting paid to sit in here and yeah, talk about this right yeah. now? We're off life. This is right? what is awesome. <laughs> yeah. This is the meat and potatoes right. or the tomatoes and potatoes of what sure. we do, right? Okay, so um, the application, uh, you can go on to the U of M extension and you can just say, you can type in U of M um, extension master gardeners and it will bring up all the information you need about signing up. It's a course that you go through and it's about, it takes a year. You do a year internship and then you are a master gardener volunteer. Oh, and the course, when the, the course now, it used to be in person, now it's all online. Which is why oh. I became able to do it, which nice. is a benefit, and it's really thorough. And there's a, there's a fee attached to it, mm-hmm. of course, because you yeah. get a lot of a lot of material, you know, written and otherwise. Um, but it's it's a, it's a, can, at this point, then it can be like a self paced course. But you do mm-hmm. need to complete it within a time frame. It's sure. not a forever kind of commitment. Yeah. Um, and then if you once you get through the course, you you're the first year. You, you have to do 50 hours of community service. And mm. for some people that can be, oh, how could I possibly do this? Yeah. But we have people in our group that are, there's always opportunity. Do you have a guess how many hours you volunteered this year? I, you know, we have to re, re, report it after I get up to 100. I just quit. Just, I, yeah, I just, this is, I'm already enough. over 100. Yeah, so, I mean, it's enough. super. And I, I work. I have a child. 
you know, we have busy lives. We have rental properties. We're always going here and there. And but this keeps you sane. Yeah. I, yeah. you can make time for this stuff and it goes by super quick, but the 50, after the 50 hours every year after that, it's only 25. Yeah. It's not, it's not really that big of a time commitment mm-hmm. if you don't want it to be. So what I'm going to do is put a link to the university of Minnesota extension offices and uh, yep. more information in the show notes underneath this on the Perfect. talk of the town uh, podcast so, page. October 1st is the deadline okay. to put your application in. They do a background check. It's covered with the fee. Super easy. To, I mean, obviously, because we're volunteering, you have to do a background check. Sure. You have to be a good person, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love the growing of things. All and right. then they start in January. All right. Is when the classes start. So well, you, by the next time I see the both of you, you will have eaten the delicata squash. I'll yes, expect a report back on for that sure. one. And uh, if anybody has any other information that they need, they can find uh, out more on um you, do you have a website for the blue earth county or nicollet we county have a fa- facebook there's a facebook page yep. y- yeah and i believe there is a website i know we have a facebook page if and you if you go if you if you google blue earth county extension service um online it'll give you some addresses you mm-hmm. know, perfect so. we'll put and phone numbers well. if, if and then our facebook is minnesota river valley master gardeners all right. And that's how you find it. Yeah. Did I say that right, Joyce? Yeah, you should do. It's kind of a <laughs> oh, Perfect. Joyce Wilcox and Kim Nielsen, our Master Gardeners here on Talk of the Town. We will see you next time. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa.